Hello and welcome to Morning Commute with Miller Thompson. You're listening to episode seven and our topic today is same workforce, different workplaces, key considerations for adapting to remote work realities. Welcome to Morning Commute with Miller Thompson, a podcast for Canada's legal community and those generally interested in Canadian law. Each month, our lawyers delve into current issues surrounding the legal landscape, providing in-depth insight and analysis on key developments in today's Canadian marketplace. Now here are today's hosts. My name is John Batesel. I'm a partner with Miller Thompson in the Calgary office, and uh, my co-presenter today is Veronica Rosso. And she's a partner in our Vancouver office. So just to get things started, um, I'll ask you, Veronica, what issues generally do you think uh, are likely to arise with this new post-COVID hybrid workplace that uh, we uh, find ourselves in um, arising, obviously, from COVID and uh, all that came with it? Hi, John. It's a good question. Um, One of the issues, obviously, that workplaces are going to be confronted with is arises actually in the context of health and safety. As we all know, and across Canada, there was a great bargain made many years ago where employees gave up the right to sue employers for injuries occasioned on the workplace or in the workplace or as a consequence of work-related duties. And that exchange was done so that there is a a no-fault scheme in place. Most provinces refer to it as workplace health and safety or, or something similar to that. And uh, one of the issues that we have with the new hybrid workplace or the post-COVID workplace is how do we address the expanded workplace and to what extent does the workplace extend into an employee's home and how do we manage that if they are working from home? So there are a few questions that an employer has an obligation to ask. And a few issues that an employee has an obligation to respond to in an active way in order to ensure that health and safety is managed appropriately and that employee injuries are minimized in the context of working from home and working from the office. So one of the uh, best ways of of managing that is to have have a policy in place which addresses issues related to the hybrid workplace. And in particular, it should be a policy that manages issues related to time spent at or in the work environment and time spent away from the work environment. Coverage for workplace-related injuries that occur in the workplace or in the home workplace will arise on the same conditions and under the same conditions as coverage would arise in a normal workplace. So the person has to be operating or functioning in a way that is related to their work and they have to be at the workplace. So an example would be if there is a a cord, computer cords, for example, and the employee gets up to use the washroom and trips over that cord, that would likely be classified as a workplace-related injury. If, however, the employee is taking a break from work and is vacuuming in and around his or her work environment or work from home environment, and trips over that vacuum cord, it's unlikely that that would be a workplace injury. So having a clear understanding and appreciation of where the workplace extends to and how the workplace extends. And as I said, that's something that can really be managed with policies, uh, making it clear that 
you're expected to be at your workplace from these hours and making it clear that breaks are times away from work and making it clear that the workplace is meant to be kept in a manner that is similar to the workplace in the office and, and making things like ergonomics available to your employees who are working from home. So that's one of the issues um, that I foresee arising and being somewhat problematic, one that can be remedied with the appropriate policy and the introduction of the appropriate policy and appropriate amounts of communication. And, you know, on that same note, do you have any thoughts about how employers can manage their employees and in particular their performance when they're not in the workplace to be observed? Yes, absolutely. Um, I think it's a, a, a obviously a, a, a topic that a lot of employers are considering right now, Veronica. Um, and really, I think there's three things that we want to consider with respect to performance management for remote work employees. The first is you need to train your remote uh, workforce to work remotely. Secondly, uh, you need to consider monitoring performance uh, of remote work employees and in some cases, of course, imposing discipline the same way you would Need to consider that uh, with people working uh, physically uh, in in the office or at the at the physical workplace. And lastly, you need to measure performance and obviously consider um, rewarding strong performance. Um, in terms of training your remote work employees, I think the most important thing uh, you mentioned a policy before. I think a policy really is the most important uh, consideration with respect to training your uh, remote workforce. Um, there are a number of things you want to include in a policy. I think I won't obviously touch on everything, but a couple of highlights, I would say. First, remote work employees um, should be required to establish, as you pointed out, a safe workspace in their home. It needs to be free from safety hazards and free from harm to any company, property, or information. Um, your work from home policy should say uh, that remote work employees are required to use any company property that they're provided with with reasonable care and that they're only to use it for business purposes. Um, remote work employees must take reasonable steps to protect any confidential business information that's provided to them or that they have access to. Um, remote work employees should be reminded that all company policies continue to apply to them even though they are working from their home. Um, the work from home policy should say that remote work employees must devote their full time and attention to their job duties during normal work hours. They must ensure that they maintain regular communication and they're generally available. And the last key point I think for the policy from the policy perspective is I think every work from home policy should state that employees are required to record all of their time actually worked and they need to obtain prior approval from their supervisor for any overtime and then submit that um, overtime immediately to their supervisor. Obviously, overtime can be challenging uh, when employees are physically present at work, but the potential for um, misuse, abuse, if you will, um, increases when employees are not physically at work. Um, in addition to having a policy, uh, you also want to ensure that uh, remote work employees have necessary training. Obviously, they're going to need support. You're going to need a really good help desk. Um, and, and also, I think you want to consider um, other sorts of supports for um, uh, remote work employees um, uh, working remotely from home. We're all familiar now after over a year of this uh, can create you know, special issues with respect to anxiety, depression, these sorts of things. Um, so you want to make sure that employees have the necessary supports and that they're aware of them. A couple other things I would just say quickly with respect to monitoring employee performance and where necessary imposing discipline. Obviously, employers struggle with this, um, especially the, the discipline part, uh, even when employees are physically at work, um, can create special challenges when they're re working remotely. You don't have the same um, ability to observe them. Um, my view, the best way to address this is really rely on your managers. They're in the best position to 
um, evaluate how available and responsive someone is, how productive they are, are they continuing to produce good work, are they following company policies, et cetera. Um, in some cases, employers might feel that they need to go beyond that and even consider some sort of monitoring software or something like that. I'm not going to get into that here, except to say that that raises privacy issues that you're going to want to consider. And, and finally, you know, I would say this, Veronica, with respect to measuring performance and rewarding strong performance, again, this is something that can be more challenging when people are not physically present to be observed in the same way they traditionally would have been. My view here, once again, you want to lean on your managers and your supervisors. Again, they're the best position to to determine is somebody available? Are they responsive? Are they being productive? Do they have a good attitude? Are they following uh, company policies, delivering a, a good work product? I think the biggest issue with respect to performance, rewarding performance, monitoring and, and rewarding performance is just to really ensure that the people who are working from home understand that they are going to be um, about how they're going to be evaluated and that they're going to be compensated for strong performance in the same way as anybody who uh, physically goes to work. And, and so uh, I think that would be key. A question for you, uh, sort of arising, I guess, from that last aspect of wanting to make sure that uh, employees working from home remain engaged and know that they're going to um, uh, still be rewarded for strong performance and, and, and monitored. Um, how do you think, Veronica, um, you know, morale and connections can be maintained uh, with this workforce um, who uh, are obviously um, more detached in some respects, certainly physically, um, than, uh, you know, they normally would have been in the past. Uh, what do you recommend in order to address those sorts of issues? It's such a good question, John. And obviously, I think we're all trying to plan for this new hybrid workplace, which we all hope to introduce sooner rather than later, as opposed to the one that uh, was foisted on us when the pandemic uh, reared its head last spring, about a year ago. And I think what we've all noticed is uh, one one piece is the work spread. So many of us are working hours that are far greater than we were doing pre-pandemic. And also, we've lost the connection to our colleagues, especially those of us in provinces like Alberta and Ontario and Quebec that have really experienced uh, shutdowns of a, a pretty severe and significant nature, keeping people out of the workplace for longer periods of time. And my view on this is that the best way to maintain that connection and that kind of the culture that leads to retention of employees is communication. And by communication, it's not necessarily communication through policies and procedures, which are so important in terms of setting out the metrics for working from home, but rather incorporating into your business model the types of communications that would have been done when people are working in-house, but providing those communications and those opportunities on an, in an online forum or in an online way. It can be difficult because obviously that personal connection is lost and many people are less comfortable asking questions in a group when it's a group of small images or small squares on a screen as opposed to a group where one can put up one's hand and isn't worried about who's going to speak next. However, I think we've all become somewhat accustomed to this new model over the course of the last year. And most workplaces are not going to go to a full work from home model. I think most workplaces are looking at something along the hybrid. And so encouraging individuals to come into work or to come into the physical workplace when there are events, when there are learning opportunities, when there are collaboration opportunities, when there are those types of events and instances where 
the culture and ethos of the organization really come to the fore can be a great benefit. And ensuring that employees know that they are not being kept out of the workplace, that a new model isn't being foisted on them, but rather that the employer appreciates that there may now be a new reality that these employees want to try to pursue. And so giving employees an option, I think, is is very important and letting them know that they are in the driver's seat when it comes to what the new normal will look like to the extent that the employer is able to provide them with that type of control. For example, I know that most of our offices here at Miller Thompson are looking at what our employees want to do and we'll try to accommodate those but uh, we'll also likely want people to come into the office on a, on a semi-regular basis for those employees who choose to work from home primarily and um, in order to maintain that type of connection and that kind of face-to-face -face relationship that um, can't really be fostered over any of our digital media. I think we all at the outset of the work from home phase of the pandemic, we're very impressed by the connectivity that we were able to maintain, the fact that we were able to go to court or have meetings or able to communicate with one another so easily over these various digital means. But at the same time, I think that now we're a year in, we've all also come to recognize the flaws with the digital option, which is that there is a benefit to FaceTime. There is a benefit to seeing someone live and in person. Furthermore, I think that we all feel somewhat bereft of personal connections. And so I anticipate that we'll see a bit more people time when we all start coming back into the office. But I do think that, you know, communication, connection, continuity, and community are going to be the, the key points that employers want to ensure that they are offering to their people because there's very little difference from one employer to the next other than that uh, community that's fostered by organizations and that organizational integrity and personality that comes from the people with whom you work. So fostering that and ensuring that it's not simply a matter of policies and procedures and rules to follow, but also giving people an opportunity to remind themselves of why it is that they came to work with the organization in the first place. And in so doing, making those opportunities available and remembering that mental health has been an issue for the last year and ensuring that people know that they have opportunities to come in to workplaces or to reach out to their colleagues and speak uh, candidly and openly and involving them in their decision making as we progress out of the pandemic and into uh, our new hybrid style of work, I think will be very important in order to retain talent and to ensure the talent feels appreciated and recognized. And you, know, you mentioned something that caught my attention earlier, which was the uh, monitoring and tracking of employees and, and the possibility of including software for tracking on devices. And, and that made me think about the work from home environment. And obviously in our work, in our line of work, we are surrounded by confidential information. So how do we ensure that when we are working from home or when our employees are working from home or when generally employees are working from home for any employer, how do we ensure that confidential information is being protected and that the confidentiality of business information is being preserved and protected in the manner that clients, customers, and organizations demand from their people. Do you have any thoughts on that, John? 
Yeah, for sure. I mean, it's a great question. Um, and uh, I think challenge is, is, is pretty obvious. Um, in your physical workspace, um, usually there are protections uh, that exist uh, for company property and, and confidential information, either of your of the company or the company's clients. I mean, simple things like locked doors. Um, there's building security, typically, or maybe surveillance. Um, usually in the, this day and age, there are measures to prevent cyber attacks and, and these sorts of things. In an employee's home, um, you know, many of these protections obviously are either going to be absent or at least reduced, or um, most likely you simply don't have any real good idea in each particular case with each specific employee what the situation is. Um, in addition, of course, there can be other occupants of the employee's home. There can be guests uh, from time to time who have access, maybe unsupervised access to your confidential business information, and you may never even know about that. So the challenge is 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 pretty obvious. Um, what do you do about it? Well, in these circumstances, um, you know, I think it's especially important to reiterate to your remote work employees that existing confidential information policies they already have in place apply to them when they're working remotely. In fact, they apply especially to uh, employees when they are working remotely. And I think you want to review those policies to make sure that they're up to the test of, of uh, the remote work environment. Um, a couple of suggestions in particular, topics that you wanna make sure that your policy is addressing um, with respect to remote work employees. You wanna make sure that, um, that there's a requirement to use a computer password. Virtually everyone would have that these days, but it's, an, it's important um, that access to the computer um, be restricted to whoever uh, has the password. Um, you want to have procedures in place for locking your computer when you step away just for a moment, or maybe you're leaving the home uh, to go to the grocery store, something like that. Uh, you want to have a, a pretty clear policy in place that doesn't leave the computer unattended and, and available for anybody to access the information on it. You want to have a requirement to lock filing cabinets or desk drawers. In fact, you may need to even just consider, does, any, does somebody have a filing cabinet at home or something that they could lock, a place where they could store confidential business information that they have in hard copy, or are they just stuffing it under the mattress? I mean, most of the time, you don't really know, and you want to you know, think about this in your policies to what the requirement is and, and make sure that you're taking reasonable steps as the employer to, to uh, facilitate the right outcome. Um, you want to take appropriate steps with or, or find out what the situation is in terms of, you know, the individual's home security. And, and really, you want to have a clear statement about, as I said earlier, the use of any company property and business information. I think really the last thing I'd recommend, Veronica, that employers consider for their remote workforce is a site visit at some point. Um, and uh, obviously, that needs to take into consideration public health regulations, and it would only be with the consent of the employee. Uh, but really what you want to do is you want to ensure issues like um, the workspace that they've created. Is it safe? Um, that there are uh, you know, appropriate measures in place to protect your equipment and your confidential information. And you want to make sure that, you know, that the necessary supports for somebody to work from home that you should be providing, whatever that might be, Internet access, a printer, who knows? It could be any you know, scanner, might be lots of different things. That, uh, that that those are available or or you understand what the situation is there and and you're doing what you can to ensure that people can do their job effectively from home. A site visit is such a great idea and I think it sort of ticks all of the boxes with respect to the things that we've been talking about today, John. I think a site visit demonstrates that the employer 
is connected to their employee and wants to make certain that their environment is appropriate. It demonstrates that there is that ongoing connection and that that it isn't simply a matter of outsourcing someone to build the widgets and, and make the product. And I think it also obviously addresses issues of confidentiality and can ensure that the person's working when they're meant to be working. So I think it does address each of the four questions that we've sort of posed one another today. And, and I think that's a, a really great idea, along with providing an employee a chance to ask questions one-to-one or face-to-face as opposed to putting them on the spot when they're confronted with that screen full of tiny boxes of faces. Totally agree. Um, uh, it, it, uh, it, you know, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a challenging new world and employers have had a, a roughly a year now to, to try to work their way through it. And, and as we look forward, uh, you know, this new hybrid work model um, for a lot of employers anyways is, is likely to become uh, uh, the norm. Well, John, it's been an absolute pleasure speaking with you again today, and I look forward to the next time. And with that, it's been a pleasure speaking with all of you, and we hope you join us next time for Episode 8. Thanks very much. This podcast was recorded by Miller Thompson, LLP. Our firm provides a full range of services to address the legal needs of businesses, financial institutions, governments, not-for-profits, entrepreneurs, and individuals. With over 550 lawyers and 12 offices across the country, we cover Canada better than any other national law firm. Subscribe to stay informed at millerthompson.com.